there. That intro was hot. How's it going, everybody? It's the first annual, the first ever Eat Sleep Elite AW 2022 awards show. Hello, um, what have we here? Hello. And you you know what it is, man. And we're the tux. If, if this was video, we'd be in the tuxedos. We're looking nice. I still nice. wouldn't be in a tuxedo. I'd be in a video <laughs> t-shirt. Fuck you. Fuck you. And you know what? Here's the thing, guys. <laughs> Uh, this is something we've we've been looking forward to a lot. It's something I, I honestly I would love to do every year from here on out. This was we we had a full podcast year this year, and you know this was a fun year for AEW. Yeah, Real weirdly, quick, I'll, I'll say yeah. this now because I didn't really bring this up. I, I actually brought this up to you this time last year. I was like, should we just slap something? So we slap nuts something together, you know? Um, nuts. And now we got slap uh, nuts in the company. Literally. So, but when you were like, nah, let's, let's wait till we actually have a year under our belt. And dude, Charlie, for one, who thought we'd still be doing a podcast at this time? And it's not that we don't like each other. It's just that we, there were some times when like, there was like a, like five weeks where we didn't do jack shit on this podcast. Really. We just kind of talked like nonsense, you know, like, because it was pretty rough there for a while. And we were like, the, the writing was oh, looking yeah. like it was not- on the wall. We were like, all right, well, what are we going to do? I think we even started having the conversation. We're like, are we going to do, do we have a backup podcast for us to still do together if this falls <laughs> through? You know, I, I hate to be that guy, but, you know, we're, we're, we're adaptable. We've done like four different podcasts together over the years, you know, like, so literally, I mean, it goes um, way back. And this is our first year we've done. We're gonna this is the longest running one we've had, right? We, we didn't do RDP or anything like that for longer than like six, eight months, right? Or anything at a time, I don't think, yeah, right? because we like, changed it to the squad cast, right? So, yeah. I, I guess I technically this... that was one continuous show we did for like a couple yeah. of years, but like it didn't really – there was breaks. Like this is it's like it, but this is every fucking far. week, except for a few. Okay, whatever. Almost every fucking week for like the last year. And okay, sh- we didn't hit the uh, podcast. We'll do it next year, I promise. And shout out our third co-host of that, uh, Brady. Good brother Brady. He's uh, – He's a teacher and he's he's doing it big, man. He's, he was on a podcast episode, wasn't he? He was on. And you know Briefly. what? I think in 2023, we'll try and get him more for the random just little poke in for each. He'll sit in it's the good call to get, with us. And I, don't, I don't hope this comes off the wrong way. I, I, wait, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. That sentence came out wrong. But, um, I, I, you know, uh, it's good to get somebody's perspective that isn't like watching everything and is into everything in the same way we are. Who like That'd be interesting That's, to see who sticks fun. out to, to Brady, you know? 1,000%. And like, imagine how much of a pop it would be to us if he was like, if he became an instant Dante Martin fan. Like, we would be yeah. so happy, dude, or Wheeler, or any of our boys. Shit like that know? would be so cool. But, so, real quick, if you guys are, you must be listening to this on a podcast form, whether that's Spotify, you know, iHeart, Amazon, Apple Music, Google, or just one of the other podcast trees that, that falls under. And you like this show, we'd appreciate you uh, sticking around because we do a weekly show called Eat Sleep Elite, where we discuss our favorites of that week. We and we dive into each results of the respective AEW shows and the uh, news of that week. So we had a really actually, fun show. This episode, which you can listen to right now when you get done with when you get done with this, is actually yeah. uh, a bit of a banger. We just got done recording it, uh, just to give you a bit of a timeline breach of uh, incursion of multiversal levels. You know, <laughs> the TSA has arrived. No, no, it's not the TSA, is it? The TVA. The TSA TVA, has, there the TSA like, has no, arrived that's, that's to take away, you know, your baggage or something. Yeah, <laughs> get better security. Um, no, but yeah, so. We'd appreciate you checking those out. Um, we have a Twitter, Eat Sleep Elite, and we're kind of trying to grow a little community there. So if you want to pop on there, give us a follow. We'll follow you back. And, you know, we appreciate anyone that uh, chimes in, lets us know what they thought of this. 
I would really love to know everyone's awards, and that's something I'm going to try and find yeah, out this week. Yeah, if you disagree with our awards and you have somebody else you'd rather have in that position, uh, you know, let us know. Let us we'll, know. We'll yes, because I, I, I love this kind of shit for real. So we really I'm sure we'll have missed that. on something. Like, just let us know. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And I think there's only one way to start this out, Garrett. Let's start us off with our men's wrestler we didn't actually see who was gonna go like first or second on these do you want to like flip a coin or something i don't have a coin around me but you know i'll flip a i'll flip a an imaginary coin here well you know what let's actually i do have a coin over there if you want to do this live i can do it let's do let's do the order that's set by our podcast you have odds oh first one up is Uh, an odd number okay so it is men's wrestler of the year we're gonna play this little corny (laughs) drum roll if it doesn't stick it is what it is, but Garrett. Yeah, so 2022 Men's Wrestler of the Year for me this year is. It's not playing. <laughs> uh, of course. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's okay. Brrr, all right. No, no drum roll. It's fine. The 2022 Men's Wrestler of the Year for me for ESE is Dax Harwood. I like it. Well-deserved, Dax Harwood. Um, there's been so many matches, uh, most of them out of AEW, which you might be like, that's, that shouldn't count then. I don't care. I make the rules. Uh, no, not really. But like, actually, to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like you have to take into account what they do outside of AEW for a lot of these wrestlers, because there's just only so much AEW TV time, you know, like, and, and you know what? The Ring of Honor shit counts. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Technically, it's Ring of Honor, but it counts. And Forbidden Door, I mean, like, you know, is where they won one of their sets of titles, was it not? So, I mean, like... Yep, the uh, IWGP. So, if 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 that doesn't count, I don't know, whatever, you know? But um, at the very least, you know, but that's not even counting the stuff that they did outside of those three companies this year, you know? Like, everything that Dax Harwood has been a part of, all the singles matches, everything that he's done as a part of FTR in this year... I believe he's deserving of the 2022 men's wrestler of the year award from me. Well put. Um, he, he's had a fantastic year. And you, like you said, the singles matches, it, it felt like it was each week, whether it was Danielson, Osprey punk, he was going out there having awesome singles matches and, you know, FTR, the living legends, which I'm sure this won't be the only time we're talking about him. Um, incredible year too. So, yeah, re- men's wrestler of the year, Dax Harwood, well deserved, well deserved. Um, so for me, right, men's wrestler of the year, actually fucking played this time, John Moxley. Um, we were this just, is bullshit. No, I'm kidding. We were just uh, talking on our, our most recent episode, kind of. We were kind of go- gashing about you know the year he's had, and for me, John Moxley, whether it was the formation of the Blackpool Combat Club or over the summer when he kind of came in and took that spot when CM Punk got hurt, they needed a man at the top. So what did they do? They brought in John Moxley. He had incredible dynamite in rampage matches, whether it was against hangman, whether it was against Wheeler, Yuta, the Danielson match, um, you name it, the forbidden door match he had with, uh, top, excuse me, Tanahashi. Fantastic. It was the four way, right? So just, Absolutely fantastic stuff. No, so the four way was something completely different. Ignore that. Yeah, but um, so we have our first co-winners of an award. Yep, Dax first Harwood, co-winners, Dax so Harwood and John Moxley, both well deserved. Honestly, well, John Moxley had yeah. this spot for me until like literally last week. Like, okay, that's kidding. that's like, really neat. Yeah, okay. Like I yeah. had Dax Harwood for months and months and months and months, and then John Moxley, like in the last couple months of the year, really snuck in there for me. I was like, man. I really had to consider Moxley because he really has had like one of the best years, you know. But, he has, and and 
Same Oof. with Dak. So I think both guys, like genuine deserving winners of the award, they are the co wrestling uh, men's wrestler of the year for us. So, so since it's women's, I'll kick us off with this one. So we'll kind of do a bounce back and forth, right? Probably the best way to do it. So my women's wrestler of the year, Thunder Rosa. She's been injured a little bit. But I cannot take away the incredible beginning of the year she had. To me, she won that award then. Whether it was the match at Revolution against Britt Baker, I thought her title reign, she was going out there. She was putting on incredible matches on Dark against Yamashita. Then she wrestled Yamashita on a Dynamite, which was awesome. Her match, she started doing the the Tony Storm stuff. And, you know, she had the four-way. You name it. I, I thought Thunder Rosa to me won this award really early on, and I just don't think anyone took it from her. In my opinion, wow. I, I think I, I did, think dude, she held I'm, it. This is going to be controversial. I okay. Uh, this is I. I can imagine that there's going to be if if there's discussion created by our podcast at all that this is going to be one of the discussion points. I imagine. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about Rosa before I go on? No, I just I I think. You know, the the back injury that she suffered, and I believe it was September, correct? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't exactly remember when. Um, and you made some really strong points, and I, I just know I'm going to get somebody that's like, oh, how, how could you do that? Yeah, and, and you know, so it was uh, Oct- August 24th was the date she revealed she uh, she had her injury. So, and that okay. was going into the match against Tony Storm, most likely. So, yeah, that was, uh, oh, and and... I, I can't not mention the Serena Deeb matches. And I thought her and Serena Deeb, her and Serena Deeb fucking crushed it when they had their chance. So, yeah, she absolutely killed it to me the first eight months. And I think she won the award then. So, Garrett, let's get, see if the drum roll will work. You are right. Women's Wrestler of the Year. Tony Storm. Well-deserved. Um, that's why I said it's gonna be controversial because it's the person who kind of sort of picked up the ball to steal that from John Moxley. You, I keep saying that this week. Weird. You, it might come back later, but anyway, mm. um, <laughs> little tease there, little you taste. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, 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 I didn't want to cut you off, but you know what? I should have ran over the topics at the beginning of the show. Um, real quick before you jump into Tony Storm. So we're doing yeah, men's wrestler of the year, women's wrestler of the year, tag team of the year. And then for our matches of the year, we have pay-per-view, Dynamite, Rampage, Dark. Yes, we watch Dark. We cover Dark. We're doing a goddamn Dark match of the year. Feud of the year. Pay-per-view of the year. Favorite promo. Favorite storyline. Favorite moment. Most underrated. Breakout star. The best 2022 signing. And you know what a little fun one? Our favorite independent wrestler because why not, right? That being said, Garrett, Tony Storm is your women's wrestler of the year. Our, our Another co uh, co-winners here. So I thought at least one of the of the years would be would be unanimous, but I guess not. All right, that's fair. That's fair. We have different ideas. One of so, them will be. It'll be the next one. Thunder. Uh, will it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Are you sure? A thousand percent. Maybe my not match now. Is, Shit. I don't know. My, my match is really late in the year. You're gonna be shocked. All right. Okay. Um, uh. Yeah, because mine was one for a long time. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I let my feelings get in the way of my decisions for these awards. I'm gonna be honest with you, like how I felt about certain wrestlers. I still haven't let it go. So you know, there's a there's a guy that everyone's gonna be shocked. It's not gonna be a single award for me this year. Um, it's Punk. I didn't do anything with Punk. I'll just say it now. Punk gets nothing from me. Okay. Um, okay. He's not a single award. So if that just revealed to you that I didn't have any of the same as you, that's 
great because uh, I, I I'm just I'm, I'm I'm holding a grudge, and you know what? If CM Punk never likes me because of that, I'm 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 okay with that because <laughs> I can live with that. He I, ruined I my fucking dreams of wrestling. I'll say it. You know, I I wanted this guy back for God, you know how long, Charlie, and I regret yep. it now. Anyway, so uh, Tony Storm really really great uh, overall year. Came in in April, you know, so she didn't really get the full year treatment, but. Um, honestly, is in that category could have potentially been the person that I've chose for my best signing of the year. Definitely could be if we did one separate for men and women's each, which would be really, you know, like convoluted and unnecessary because it should be one of the, it should just be whoever's the best, um, at the end of the day. Uh, but really, really solid year. Every match she did, I can't think of a bad match Tony Storm had, um, the latter half of Thunder Rosa's sort of rocky title reign. She helped to bring that back. And, uh, like I said, she picked it up when there was a time when it was needed to, there's various times like this this year, and it's kind of what uh, defined this year was people stepping up when they had to because there was opportunities that were presented to them because of unfortunate circumstances. And um, I really respect everything that Thunder Rosa did, but for me, this was Tony Storm's year. Hey, I, I like it. I like it. Yep, she was signed March 30th, 2022, and she went on to have the Wrestler of the Year for you in AW, and that just shows the incredible year she had. Uh, she took that ball and ran with it. There was a stretch of I think she had a match every single week for about it was either it was either eight out of nine or nine out of ten, and she she ran with it. She put on good good matches, well deserved if you're a women's wrestler of the year. So the just recap: John Moxley and Dax Harwood, men's wrestler of the year, and Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, women's wrestler of the year. So really cool that our uh, our stuff is split here. So you know where we're going. Tag team of the oh, year. Oh, I thought I, I skipped that in my notes. Yeah, it's probably going to be the same, actually, to be fair. So, tag team of the year. You got the lead here. Here we go. Let's get the drum roll. Yeah, tag team of the year. The Living Legends FTR. It's nobody else. It's not even close. Um, if there's ever going to be a unanimous award, it has to be this one. These guys have been top to bottom the best team in any fucking company all year. It's like not even close. They made everybody in every company besides the WWE that they obviously couldn't wrestle against uh, look better. And um, not just that. They made themselves look like the absolute legends living that they are. Yes, And uh, you said something on the podcast that I, I think this is the year that is going to go on. Or maybe you didn't say this in the podcast. Either it was in the podcast or right before because we have little discussions right before and I can't remember what gets on air and what doesn't. But um, this is going to be the year that defines FTR's legacy. When you look back, you're gonna thousand be like, percent. Yeah, this yep. is going to be the year. Really sucks that we did not get to see what could have really nicely capped off this year. As much as I would not have liked to see the acclaimed cut short. I, I would have been okay with like a one week FTR title and just to see four belts FTR, just to see what it would be like. Because who knows? Maybe that takes the crowd by storm. And maybe that's why Tony Khan doesn't do it, right? Because the claim during a really big spot right now, right? And the FTR would inevitably with four belts, that, that's the bigger story. Even if you want to do the one week thing or one month thing, even, you know, and have go back to the acclaimed, it doesn't help anybody. So you have them do the. The ultimately the, the sacrifice that they made to lose to the acclaimed and then lose to the Briscoes, which is going to ultimately help both AEW and Ring of Honor going forward, being able to be humble enough to take those losses after the year that they had, Charlie, just incredible humility and just two phenomenal wrestlers. I don't even have to talk about in ring. Everybody knows they're the best Everybody tag knows. team in the world. Yes. Like you can make an argument for the elite like last year. Now you can't. Can you, Charlie? I'm gonna ask you as the as an and and I'm not 
insulting you by saying you're a massive elite mark. You're a massive elite mark. You're a ma- big time elite guy. D- can you even argue that the Bucks aren't there anymore? Because it's kind of like they're way far ahead, it feels like at this point. They had such a great year. You know? FTR has transitioned this year into just the living legends. Uh, that it's It sounds kind of corny to say it when I say it, but it's true. The gimmick that they are is true. I mean, they they are the guys. They're not now. playing a character. That's they are the best tag team in the world. You know, um, and you know what? And to no surprise of anyone here, the first unanimous award, my tag team of the year, is also FTR. So, congrats to those guys. Seriously, there were. It, it's fitting that it's our first unanimous award. The Eat Sleep Elite unanimous. Uh, just an absolutely incredible year, man. I mean, the matches, right? You got the trilogy with the Briscoes. Uh, when we talk about it, the match, the first match of the Briscoes and the Young Bucks match in the same week might be the greatest week we've ever seen a tag team have. And the United Empire match, just awesome stuff. I mean, those that has guys. one of the greatest moments in a tag team match ever. That punt, the the smack in the face to, to keep them from tap. Dude, that is one of the. That lives rent free in my head. We got to rewatch that match. Sometime. It does. That's so it fun. does, and it lives. You know what we should do? We should rewatch that match after this show. I'm sorry. I don't care if you have something <laughs> to do. We should do that because that's such the a Royal great, Quest. Oh. Run it back. I mean, oh. look, man. No, but FTR this year. I just it when they got when they came to AEW, everyone was excited. And everyone was like glad for it. But you know, they won the titles, and it just felt like there was. It wasn't there yet. It felt like we didn't get the F, you know. It was like, it was like what, 80 days? And then they lost it to the Elite, and they didn't really, and it, fe- like... it just, it felt like their footing was never there. They never got their footing right, and they they came out this year with this gimmick, and my fucking God, man, even even the triple, like, the, the trios matches, you name it, when they, when and, they team uh, back up with Wardlow, uh, FTR Housen, FTR and Punk. <laughs> FTR Housen was awesome. It was, man, and just honestly... Really great stuff. And it goes beyond that. It, they don't just win the award by being the best team in the ring. It was the promos too. Great promos every week. Putting over the next guy. Putting over big matches. And son of a bitch. Winning tag team of the year also. Imagine telling the, these guys to go shave each other's backs in a promo. Yeah. And, and putting over the acclaim like they did last week. Fucking good on them. Really. Good on them. Because that just made the acclaimed. Like. The acclaimed are going to use that win to propel their legacy. And that's the status that FTR is at. That's where they're at in their own legacies, is that they can propel others. So, tag team of the year. They fucking earned it. All rights. Good on them. I, I, I couldn't be more happy for them. And I couldn't be more happy that they're our first unanimous award. I mean, it's fitting, right? So Absolutely. Some of the other stuff. Uh, I'm assuming our wrestlers of the year and shit like that. We spent some time on those. That's the way it was going to be. That's that's we had to gush over them because we've been thinking about it. So let's jump into our matches of the year. Right? Yeah, these are what hit you right at the right time, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it is me going first. So okay. let's start off with pay per view match of the year. Okay. So a drum roll, please. Anarchy in the Arena is my pay-per-view match of the year. I want to talk about something that lives rent-free in my head. This fucking match. 
Um, Eddie <laughs> Kingston with the oil can spot. It was just so spectacular. So this this match, of course, took place at Double or Nothing 2022, which I wanted. I'm going to double check, but I believe it was in Chicago. No, it was in Vegas. And this you is a really fun. Up. This is a really fun pay per view. But you know what? This was the beginning. The beginning of the Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club. That's still going on today, six, seven months later. And I just, whether you name, there's so many moments from this match, but the reality is this is a batshit match that shouldn't have worked. But the talent in it and the booking of it made it work. Yes, we did get injuries in this match. We still haven't seen Santana. Uh, we're hoping, hoping he's all right, because Eddie and Ortiz have been a tag team since pretty much. But yes, the match was... Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Angela Parker, and Matt Menard against Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. This was a 22-and-a-half-minute match. And, man, this was just, to me, Garrett, this was just pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't know. How to, this was batshit. I just, the excitement I felt this match, it, it's unparalleled. And I'm very glad it happened. So uh, Jericho Appreciation Society won that match, of course. Absolutely. And it propelled, you know, one of my favorite feuds of the year. So, yeah. yeah I'm uh, struggling to find the notes on this match because it was right forever ago. Um, Wait, where is this? Uh, imagine this is the one time I didn't actually mark my notes for a pay-per-view properly. <laughs> yeah. If it's so, I, I can remember enough about it. <clears throat> but, but yeah, well, um, any any takeaway from Anarchy in the Arena? Was this uh, one of those matches you love too? And oh no, Anarchy in the Arena. Yeah, I can speak about that. You know, I, it's uh, a lot of stuff really crazy. Um, Sammy took the bump off the cage, which was pretty. Uh, sorry, that's Anarchy in the Arena. Sorry, that was in the other match. Anarchy in the Arena was crazy. Like there was that really iconic spot where Jericho turned off the music. Um, I got yeah, those two the matches. Angelo Parker dangling from the fucking thing, just all bloodied up. Wait, Anarchy in the Arena or, or Blood and Guts? Yeah, no, Anarchy in the Arena was the one where Angelo was, like, tied up. Just dangling oh, okay. from the thing. Just that iconic shot. You had you had that... Um, the Eddie Kingston with the gas can it, thing? Yep. It gets a little muddied sometimes because we had that other one, and that one was much sooner than this one. This was in May. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Regardless, it was all in that giant, like, storyline. So it, it's, it's all, like... I get what you're saying. Like there was, yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard to get those spots right in your head. But the the whole point is like, it was just really chaotic. They created something that, um, one thing that was really cool. And I mentioned that music thing where they did the music cut when Jericho like attacked the, uh, you know, thing cause they'd left Moxley's like, they were all so like scared of what was going to happen with the anarchy in the arena. You had Justin Roberts with the shit's about to hit the fan, you know, like yep. so many just elements that had to work for this match. Like this on paper, this match should not have worked. And it did. And that it shouldn't have the power of wrestling, you know? And, and I can't believe it worked as well as it did. So it's more of a shock too. So that being said, a little bit of a drum roll here. Garrett, what was your pay-per-view match of the year? The elite versus death triangle at full gear. Okay. Okay. So this one hit me really recently. This is why I'm trying to find my notes for it. I don't know what it was about this match, but it just like, I have not had very many elite matches that really hit me in a way that I was like, this has to be like one of my best matches of the year. But every match with the elite can be a match of the year contender. That's just a fact, you know? That's the talent that those three possess when they're in a ring together. Man, it's just so good to have Kenny Omega back. He's been the glaring hole in AEW for months and months and months and months and months and now even longer because of the stupid shit with CM Punk. So, like, it's 
I I'm just so happy to have them have him back and have the elite back together as a faction. And now we get to have Brandon Cutler back on dark because of that. Like, I mean, he's been on and off, but like, you know, actually fully back on dark all the time. And I don't know. There's just something about how, um, that match came together and it was kind of last minute, obviously, you know, because, um, they, they had to bring them back and it was very recent obviously you know it's kind of crazy people are like you literally put a match in the last like three months in here but it's like i don't really care uh because no, that, and that pay-per-view was fucking insane yeah i mean you know that that match is worthy of a pay-per-view match of the year i i almost did that myself yeah it was it was one of those things i forget what i had i think i had like the the dog collar match from um and that's why I ended up switching it to this because I was like, is that dog collar match like it, it It was before actually I even was like not going to give Punk anything this year, even though I think Punk was probably deserving in some things. But like, I'm just like, um, I decided not to. But that was before then I decided, you know, I don't know if I really I don't know if even with what, what, what Punk went on to do, if that MJF feud ended up being what we needed it to be for, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it kind of ended in a weird way, which is fine and worked out ultimately. But I think Punk could have gotten to the championship without having to go there. You know, I don't think that was necessary. So, but the point is, I think uh, this match just hit me correctly. I mean, there's so many crazy spots. It's the two teams that, you know, it's like between the six wrestlers that are involved in this match. You could have any combination of them wrestle a singles match and it would be incredible. You could have any of them combination of them wrestle tag match and it'd be incredible. You could also have any of them uh, wrestle any combination of any match that you want. That, by the way, is why there is a best of seven series happening out of this match. This, of course, being match one of the best of seven. And to your point, every single time to me in that match, every single time Kenny Omega and Pac like touch the ring against each other, it just you felt sparks fly like like genuinely. Those I think two, I literally deleted my notes for this. I can't find them. I'm not even hey, kidding. It's okay, but those two had some serious chemistry together. And this I, it's a, I don't think this is going to be the only time we mention these guys this year. So, <clears throat> excuse me. That being said, Garrett, uh, you're up here. You're kicking us mm-hmm. off with your Dynamite Match of the Year. And here we go. Drum roll, please. Picking up their third award of this show. Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. Well deserved. Well deserved. This is the year of Dax. Uh, you know what? Dax wanted this to be his legacy year as FTR. I think he accomplished that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna award him, you know, accordingly. Um and well Brian deserved, Danielson man. absolutely gonna be in my awards. He's gonna I'm gonna find some way for him to get in there, you know. <laughs> Um, cause he's the goat, but anyway, uh, yeah. And th- uh, when I heard this match was happening, I think I said to you, this is probably going to sneak in for my match of the year because, um, Dax, incredible wrestler, Brian, probably my favorite wrestler of all time. I, I can say that now CM Punk's now in the dirt for me, you know? So, um, uh, I didn't intend for this to be in a CM Punk hate hour, but it is, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I, I got hurt. I got butthurt feelings from that. I'm sorry. You know, but. Um, I knew that was going to come out in this show, too. That's why I wasn't super excited about it. I was like, oh, I know it's going to bleed into my commentary on this show, but uh, whatever. Because um, literally, CM Punk would have not been like five awards on this list, but he would have been considered for a lot of them, you know? But, like, yeah. Whatever. This match, um, uh, it took place November 30th episode of Dynamite. 
Yeah, again, a lot of stuff in the last Dynamite couple of 165 for the people. But like I said, these matches, home. it's what hits you right at the right time. And when I heard about this match, I was so fucking excited because it's two of the best technical wrestlers in the world right now getting in the ring with each other and having an actual wrestling match, which is not, again, a knock on anybody else that does any other style of wrestling except for the elite because sometimes they hate what they do, you know, um, because it's just annoying. But um, that's why I love stuff like this because it cleanses my palate so I can get away so they can get away with shit like that because I will allow a certain amount of nonsense as long as I get Dax versus Brian Danielson at least once a year, you know, like uh, and this. Yeah, man, it was everything you expected it to be on paper, technically really sound, lots of submissions, trading, stuff like that. And both of them uh, with a lot of references to other previous matches and wrestling and stuff like that. And Dax and Brian both like to take wrestling match very seriously and make it a very sports oriented sort of vibe to it. So like this could have been like a ring of honor main event back like 10 years ago or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause these two are just that talented. So it was in uh, for me, I just remember it was the chain wrestling, you name it. It was the counters, everything that these guys did against each other. They were having so much fun wrestling the match and we were having so much fun watching the match. So yeah, well-deserved of dynamite match of the year. But we are we are again different here. All right, so okay, kicking us off here with my dynamite match of the year: the Elite versus United Empire, the trios tournament qualifying match. This was Young Bucks and Kenny taking on Aussie Open and Will Osprey. So this match, to me, this is when we just figured, man, this tournament is on its fucking nose. Like this thing is insane. Uh, this was our first time Will and Kenny fought for the first time in a while, man. And oh, the rivalry, it was evident throughout the match, even though they haven't been in the company for years. But this was, this was one of those trios matches that just, to me, it made me so fucking happy, dude. I, I was so happy during this match and during this time because we were so excited for these belts. And what we've done since the belts have come out have been fantastic. I mean, like you just said, your your pay-per-view match of the year, you know, these belts have been an unmitigated success for AEW, even though they had controversy at first. They've made it work, and it's been really fun to follow. they got to figure so, out the ratings with the trios tra- championship, but once they can figure that out, once they get the right – what that is, they just got to get the right team in there, which unfortunately hasn't been either the elite or – Death Triangle, unfortunately, it's not going to bring the ratings with that. That, that. that that may just be a ratings killer of a championship, but it's fine because we have like 97 championships and 870 wrestlers on the roster. Exactly. Anyway, so and as long matter, as we're having know? good matches, I, you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. And this this was, by all accounts, this was uh, a very fun, exciting match. Um, the Elite and United Empire, man. Uh, this was kind of one of our first, like, real big tastes of United Empire and AEW this year. And then we had the match with them and uh, uh, FTR that we just talked about in New Japan for wrestling. So It was almost kind of like a, a really personal match, too, for Will Ospreay. Because for, like, years now, he's been living in Kenny Omega's shadow as, like, this. Because, you know, he's basically, like, filled the role that Kenny had in, in New Japan when he left. You know, in terms of, like, the most important gaijin, you know, like um and like in terms of like potential title shots like he's been a multi-time champion i think now or at least had at least multiple shots like he's you know like so it was a really important match like storyline wise for will going forward in in uh, new japan and i think it also set up united empire to be contenders for ftr as well really nicely because it got them in the mix and the stuff with the people with aw association you know yeah well put, well put. That was from the August 27th episode of AEW Dynamite. 
So, <laughs> excuse me. Let's jump into Rampage match of the year. So I will Rampage, kick- baby. This is Rampage, baby. I will be kicking us off here in my Rampage match of the year. No surprise here. John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta. This was the April 8th edition of AEW Rampage. This was the making. Baby. This was the making of Wheeler Yuta. This was the match. This was the bloody fucking disgusting match that turned Wheeler Yuta into the star year that he had. Multi-time uh, ROH peer champion. He's uh, one of the core members of the Blackpool Combat Club. What a great eight months it's been for him since this match. And this is one of those where I credit guys like John Moxley and Jericho, even this week, putting over the next generation of stars. And he did it here. He John Moxley won this match, but Wheeler Yuta, this was the best thing that could have happened to him for his entire I feel like career. For us, this was kind of to, to make this about us instead of just Wheeler. Um, cause you know, I always got to insert yourself in that's, uh, that's how you, you know, you maintain dominance. No, anyway. Um, but, <laughs> uh, and j- jokes aside, like, uh, I think this was really vindicating for us cause we had Willer as a pillar. And I think a lot of yes. people would have, if they saw our original list of pillars, they'd be like, okay, Starks. Okay. You know, Garcia is obviously really talented and, um, Dante is obviously a freak athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Wheeler has potential, but I don't think anybody saw Wheeler as being the next guy, you know? But everybody else that has a brain, you know, in the wrestling business, I guess we're in the wrestling business, kind of, you know? I mean, we don't really make money off this, but with the idea, you know? Um, but, I mean, uh, yeah, everyone noticed that all of a sudden this Wheeler Utica. I don't know who, how that happened backstage. I don't know if they just if we created chatter. I don't know what happened. I don't want to take any credit for it because the kid was already super talented. Yeah, Let's just listen just- to MJF talk about him in the promo that he cut on him at some point. It was absolutely fantastic for Yuta. And this, the Blackpool Combat Club, you know, it was just, this was a lot of fun to follow. So it's kind of cool if you go through our our lists, like yours is kind of Moxley's, like very centered around what Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club was doing. And like mine's very centered around what FTR Dax, that whole. uh, It just shows the two sides of AEW that we had this year. I mean, there's more sides than that too. So it's, uh, yeah. So that was my Rampage match of the year. Garrett, you already know. Here we go. I get to be the pleasure. I I get to be the pleasure. Oh, I get to be the pleasure too. But I get to have the pleasure of uh, being the first person of our of our award show to award one of our favorite wrestlers an award this year, uh, which is this is Claudio Castagnoli versus Kanosuke Takeshi for the Ring of Honor World Title. Yeah. Which was a phenomenal match. Um, I actually, I, I, I've given up looking for my notes on these because it's so hard to go, like, how many weeks yeah, back same, is this? Yeah, same, same. Um, but uh, that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I remember this match being super hard hitting. It was right in the middle of Kanosuke's big run before he went back to, this might have been the last match that he had, actually, that wasn't a dark match before he went back, I want to say. Um, that might be incorrect, but... Um, it was right at the height of Kanosuke fever. Uh, Claudio was still in the middle of his short title reign, but he was still over as hell having the title match every other week or something like that. And, um, he was doing some really interesting stuff in the ring. Kanosuke was in this match to me, showed me that he really does have what it takes to be a world champion. Now, obviously he's a multi-time DDT champion, right? So you have that, but you could be a multi-time champion in like impact and it doesn't really mean anything if you can't do it when it counts, you know, like, so 
Um, I was really interested to see how this was going to work out and how, given an, a world title shot, a world title opportunity, how was Kanosuke going to take this opportunity? And I think he knocked it out of the park. I think he made Claudio look really good. There were some really, really incredible spots in this match. I want to say there was... Um, I want to say it was one of the better sold matches of the year. Like there was just so much selling because like Claudio underrated seller, in my opinion, um, because he's such a big meaty man. He has to, he has to sell for you. If he doesn't, it is kind of, it's like, Oh, he's just beating the shit out of you, you know, like, which is fine sometimes, but we've seen him do plenty of times. Absolutely. Um, and I just know that for one thing, um, this was like one of the matches that confirmed to me that Kanosuke was going to be one of my favorite wrestlers going forward. This was the match, Charlie. Remember like that, like random week where I literally watched every independent match that was available on YouTube that had Kanosuke in it. Like, yeah, this was the match that made me do that because I was like, I need more Kanosuke. This is not be it. You know what? And well put, man. Well, this was a good, worthy honor. This was a worthy, a winner. And yeah, to catch in Claudio, seriously, this was, we were getting ready to, Probably the best match of Claudio's title reign, right? Like, let's be real, you know? Yeah, probably my favorite match since he's been in AEW. That's so. fair. That's probably fair, actually. Claudio hasn't had a whole bunch of opportunities. Like, Hager match, maybe? Like, it's been, like, the Jericho match. It's been mostly been the multi-man matches. I, if I had hey, to really pick one... of Jericho have been fine. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd probably take the four-way if I absolutely had to pick one, but... That's it, true. Yeah, that's fair. That, you know, this being AEW, I just thought it was fantastic. So, yeah, really good stuff. Um... So let's move on. Our last match of the year is here. You're taking the lead. Your dark match of the year. So this could be elevation, could be dark, either or. It doesn't matter. Your winner. For this dark. match was technically a dark match. I don't think this was an elevation okay. match. I okay, have so. to check the try to check the files. I haven't hey. actually written in my other notes. Hold on, let me look. I think it's dark. I'm pretty Drum sure. Drum roll, please. Your winner is. Mia Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa AEW Women's Championship Eliminator match, which shockingly Mia Yamashita won, which we'd been saying for months. Yeah, it was going to happen eventually. Someone's going to get the get the get the invite, you know, and be like, hey, we're going to have you beat our champion. You're going to then lose to them later, but you're going to get a title shot out of it. It's going to be fucking cool because no one's going to see it coming. And uh, this was at the Princess of Princesses event, I believe, over in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Is it not Tokyo Joshi Pro, or is it? Sorry, is it? Uh, or which? No, which? no it was Tokyo. Yep. Oh, it was Tokyo Joshi Pro. I can't. There's a couple of promotions over that they work with, so I didn't want to get it incorrect. But uh, at the TJP Princess of Princesses event, uh, which is a really big event over there, um, so it was a big deal that uh, you know this was during a time when Thunder Rosa, as you mentioned, was in the middle of that really great run where she was like going over to like. Japan yep. and wrestling. To me, this, this is one of the matches that solidified that run. Absolutely, and uh, I don't think their second match was as good as this match. Agreed. Uh, that doesn't really matter when we're talking about this match. So um, they did some really good stuff. There was some really incredibly good selling by Mia Yamashita that really, really made me wish they were going to like bring her over for like maybe an excursion or something like bring her in into the company because it felt like for a while there they were looking for women's talent but they just weren't signing anybody and it was really frustrating. This was one of those ones I think they let get away. You could see her in WWE. You could see her probably not an impact, but another company like that, you know, like uh, maybe wow. Or one of those other promotions that's trying to take a big leap in the women's wrestling market right now. Um, Mimi Yamashita, like I said, just out there, really, really talented. Thunder Rosa looked like stronger than ever. Cause I remember thinking like throughout the whole run, it's like I'm putting Thunder Rosa against solidly good wrestlers, but not like spectacular wrestlers. And I'm like, yeah, 
We you, just got putting, off the Nyla Rose feud, and I was like, eh, the feud wasn't great. I thought they had a good match. Nyla but. can have good matches. She's, I think Nyla just has to be like, it, it's got to be the right timing, and there's things there that can work and not work. I don't know if they just didn't have the chemistry. Maybe they don't like each other. I don't know what the deal is. But um, but Thunder Rosa can have a match with just about anybody. You know, She's like that female, like oh, Brian percent type wrestler, You know, like where she could just like, yeah, I trust her to have a match with you. Um, and so then when these two collide and she like very much bites, like, she's almost like a, like a Mexican, like sort of like wrestling style version of like, of, of like the hard hitting. Cause there's some hard hitting in Mexican wrestling. Right. However, oh, yeah. you also get, um, the, like the Lucha Libre style is also very influenced by that, some of that Japanese sort of hard hitting. Like, that's why I always pictured Thunder Rosa and I always thought it'd be so perfect to have her go against some of the women's talent that's cut their teeth in japan because there's so much of that harder edge to it you know um i love that about japanese women's wrestling they're all just like they all they're all like these like you know they, they get called like the cute little japanese girls but like most of them are tougher than half of the women in wrestling like it's crazy you know like yeah, anyway right? that aside uh i really enjoyed this match it was a really unexpected treat that we got on dark we got that and we also got a match that almost was that was actually in consideration for this award all the way up until literally yesterday it had a consideration and i just finally decided this is the match uh, which was the uh, like Pac versus uh, Yu Yu Mora? Sorry, I can't pronounce it. So, yeah, Yu Yu. Um, was it Yu Yu? Yeah, Yu Yu Mora, I believe. Yeah, um, it was. Either, I think I believe it was him. Either way, the whole point is there was a match. Or it was, was Shota Pac- Umino. Sorry, it was Shota. It was Shooter. Yeah, Yu 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 was a uh, was in like that. What, was Yu Yu the replacement? He's the guy that we've been talking about board? making waves and impact right now. Well, he also he's didn't he replace somebody on Forbidden Door. That's why he's in our heads. Yeah, I say he was in a for replacement match for Forbidden Door. I want to say maybe he replaced uh, Ishii or something like that. But um, Shooter, yeah, it was against Shooter because Shooter did a bunch of stuff around Forbidden Door. See, like, this is why it's so crazy. Because forgive us a little bit, everybody. Because AEW had a bit of a chaotic year when it came to the wrestlers they were able to bring in for stuff like Forbidden Door and various other things. But this was during the run of uh, title defenses that Pac had. Uh, where he was going around the world defending the All Atlantic Championship, which it kind of cut that gimmick out. I'm not surprised. I remember saying that at the time. They probably won't do this going forward because it's probably really expensive to send Pac overseas. You know, like yeah, but you um, know, what? while we had it, it was a good time too. You oh know? yeah, it was really fun for the beginning of that championship. But um, ultimately, because they went in a different direction with that, it felt appropriate to give this match, which was just a little bit of an excursion for for Thunder Rosa. You know, like she went over there, she had some matches. I probably only just saw the one because there wasn't a lot planned, but they did that and. There's an opportunity for both companies that I think they both benefited from. Benefited from. So, Charlie, what were you feeling from? And I can Dark say Revelation. this: Yamashita okay. and Thunder Rosa was my favorite dark match of the year until okay. okay, okay, this next match came along, and I changed it that day in my notes. I didn't go back and change it. I changed it that day because what I'm about to say, people are gonna be like, "Wait, wait a minute! Did you just say that?" Because that being said, my dark match of the year. QT Marshall versus Action and Dreddy. When this match happened, I remember telling you, I was like, this is what AEW Dark is. Barely barely ever heard of Action Andretti, if never heard of him. Can't really remember at the time. And QT Marshall was going out there, putting people over. And what he did with this guy, he had the whole crowd rooting for him. And Action Andretti went out there and put on a fucking show. And it was truly an awesome moment. It was, to me, what AW Dark is all about at its core. And I think that kind of fueled it. But I had Yamashita and Thunder Rosa. That was my favorite match of the year until this match. 
And and look at what's happened now. Just this week, Action Andretti got the graphic. He's officially all elite. He pinned Chris fucking Jericho. I mean, just the Ocho. The Ocho. I mean, this was no. I didn't go and change this this week. Like, oh, let me let me try and sound smart. No, this was in there, and I just I'm so happy for the kid. Seriously, he's a really young guy. I think he's going to add some new blood now to wherever he goes. Maybe he could be the newest member of the Dark Order. Maybe that could be some exciting stuff. Who knows? Join us. And either way, it's going to be that's going to be some fun stuff. But Cutie Marshall, I, I want to say this: he doesn't get a Cutie lot of Marshall? credit. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of credit all the time for what he does. But this guy goes out there and puts different people over each week. He knows how to get booed. He knows how to get the crowd to cheer for the other guy, even if it's someone like Action Andretti who they had never heard of. And he went out there and Action Andretti, that was a star performance. And then he had his star-making performance this uh, this past week of against Chris Jericho. So, the Ocho. Yeah, just fantastic stuff. El Ocho. El Ocho. But yeah, those were our matches of the year. So Some good stuff in there. Yeah, really. I mean, really good stuff. I mean, overall, just to recap. Uh, ha ha, paper- I got the award Kanosuke for us. Yeah, you did. You did. So just to recap our pay-per-view matches of the year, you had Death Triangle versus the Elite at Full Gear. I had Anarchy in the Arena at Double or Nothing. Our Dynamite matches of the year, you had Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. I had the Elite versus United Empire. Rampage matches of the year. Baby. Claudio Castagnoli versus Kanosuke Takeshita and Wheeler Universe John Moxley. And then our dark match of the year, which was almost unanimous, Mio Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa, as well as QT Marshall versus Action Andretti. Okay. That being said, I'm going to bounce around our list a little bit here because we have a certain okay. order, but let's jump into our pay per view of the year. And that's actually what I have next on my list, weirdly. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So. Pay-per-view of the year. I believe it is me kicking it off now again, right? Correct. So, pay-per-view of the year. Drum roll, please. It's full gear. Uh, AEW's Ooh. full gear to me. When okay. it comes to a full show, no pun intended. A full gear. It was, I-, I thought, beginning to end, my favorite show. It was the most consistent show. And it's fitting. It had your pay-per-view match of the year on it. It was yep. the crowning of MGF. We had Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. Um, Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose, the Jericho four way I was just previously talking about. Jericho Danielson, Claudio That was the Soraya return match defeating uh, Britt Baker, Joe Wardlow and Hobbs. Little disappointing. Darby Allen and Sting trying to kill themselves against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jamie Haters crowning defeating Tony Storm and the acclaimed defeating Swerve in Our Glory to retain. You put a pay per view with Slap Nut on it as your pay per view. I, I of the fucking year. did, and you know what I. Full gear, really to me, I, I it was it marked almost a transitioning era of AW in a way, with Jamie and MGF finally being crowned and the oh, acclaimed 1, re- retaining their titles. And this to me, I just when I look back at pay per views this year, I think this is the one I'm going to think about the most. And yeah, it was my favorite of the year. All so right. good stuff. Yeah, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, it didn't hit me quite as much as I wanted it to. I really wanted a spectacular show, and we got a good show. I was yeah. really, I was really looking forward to Soraya's match, and that's what really dragged that show down for me. And it's not her fault. She was not obviously what we all wanted, and what she was able to deliver didn't match. And she was probably aware of that going into that match and knew, and so she just ate it. And respect for that. So for me, though, 
I, I want a little different direction. We're going a little bit earlier okay, in okay. the year. We're going a little bit earlier in the year, a little more international with this. Ooh, okay, um, okay. So let's so, get a uh, let's get mm-hmm. a drum roll, please. I am the Forbidden Door, Charlie. Okay, I like um, it. I like it. The Forbidden Door pay per view. Now people are gonna be like, "What didn't feature MJF? Didn't feature like a ton of stars because of all the injuries?" To me, this show is just everything that it means to the wrestling, the future of wrestling. I think if it if AEW doesn't collapse into dust, like it's uh you know a superhero at the end of Infinity War. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> then I say a superhero, so I guess it's not really a spoiler, but I guess it's really a spoiler only if you haven't seen that movie. But anyway, um. Yeah, I, I, for, I, there were so many really great matches. This was when the, this, this card featured one of my favorite matches that would have been my pay-per-view match of the year probably, which was uh, Cassidy versus uh, Will Ospreay. Um, and I'm with you. That was almost my favorite pay-per-view match of the year. I, I think that's what occupied the That was the, the two the I went back and time. forth on was uh, Anarchy in the Arena and that. So, And then there was something else. Whatever I mentioned, there was other matches. Yeah, we had like, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, uh, Claudio yep. versus Zack Sabre Jr., Moxley versus Tanahashi, which we were mentioning earlier. Jay White, Hangman, Okada, and Adam Cole. Uh, Pack defeating uh, Clark Connors, Miro, and Malachi. You name it. And then the FTR United Empire Rapungi Vice match. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was like that. There was supposed to be like a, like, yeah, the IWGP four, Fatal Four Way. Oh, ugh. ah, ah. Anyway, um, it, was, it was incredible. Good stuff. Um, you love it. Uh, God, we got Okada on an AEW pay-per-view. Oh, anyway. Um, Still doesn't feel real. Tanahashi, man. Oh, ah, ah. Anyway, um, I gush over this pay-per-view. Really good show. I don't want to spend too much time on this one because it's obviously just like, what was your favorite? Yeah. I really, really liked Forbidden Door this year. Really fun. So let's go next here. Let's do our feud of the year. Dude, so, I have, we have them in the same order, I'm pretty sure. Okay, because, okay. Uh, yeah. So, feud of the year, you're going to kick us off here. So, drum roll, please. There's really only one thing you can pick for this this year, and if you don't pick it, you're a fool. It's the JAS versus the BCC. It's 1,000%. Like, um, th- there's been nothing else that lasted as long as it did this year. There's been nothing else that carried the brand of AEW like this did. This carried the torch of the brand. when In all the darkest times, when there was all kinds of injuries and uncertainty and champions needed to step up and step out, and who became your ultimate wrestler of the year out of this? Became out of the stuff that came from the storyline, let's be real. I mean, so uh, I I think if it's not this unanimously, I'll be really surprised to see what it is that you thought was better than this. I think it technically is unanimously, but yeah, I'm with you here. The JAS Okay, we'll have to discuss. This is going on. I want to hear what you have to say because everyone knows there's there's enough to say about this. Like, you had your favorite match, uh, a pay per view match, I believe, out of that. Um, Yep. At the very beginning of it, Anarchy in the Arena. Yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's let's jump to mine because it's going to make a lot of sense here. So, I'll do a quick drum roll here. We're going to do a quick uh, that. uh, Yes. In parentheses, I put JAS versus BCC, but I kind of broke it down a little bit. So it is the JAS versus BCC. I will say this is unanimous. But I, I put technically Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. I put within that feud. It's like a subsection okay, of like that the feud. mini feud, but then the, I'll take that. That's still you know the I mean? same So it is JAS yeah. versus BCC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a subsection feud of that. Because I would argue, even though it's dead feud, Mox versus 
versus uh Guevara falls under that as well. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 Jericho versus Claudio, you name it. There's so many feuds out of this that uh, in a way I kind of just picked my favorite from this feud. But yes, this this is unanimous. The Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. And honestly, when these groups started forming, if we would have told us this back in May that this would be our favorite feud of the year, we wouldn't be surprised. It, it makes sense. This is kind it was of the being way- set up at the time. And remember what this was birthed out of? It was birthed out of what was going to be my feud of the year all year up until this feud started, which was Eddie Kingston versus Jericho. Which yep, honorable mention because that was a really great honorable well. mention. Yep. But if we had to break it down into a subsection, Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson, I thought was just such a fun storyline. Um, you're you're a wrestler, Chance. Whether you, you know they had their matches, they had their matches at the House of the Dragon. Excuse me, Dragon Show. I thought was the incredible. Dragon Slayer. I wish I hadn't dropped that Dragon Slayer gimmick, man. It was cool. It was cool. And yeah, man, do you, Wheeler Yuta and Danny Garcia put on some great matches together too. So very good stuff. Very fun stuff. Um, that being said, that's no surprise. To, I know that's a surprise to anyone, right? I, I'm curious what other people might think. Uh, I mean, we might be missing stuff here. That I'm just completely going over my head. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's stuff we overlooked. Uh, that's why I was saying that's this will be a good opportunity if you all want to engage with the show. It's be a good time to go to at Eat Sleep Elite and let us know what you would have had for these. Seriously, yeah, because. let us know. I, I'd love to hear it. Um, so okay, I got I, this. Is going to be a fun one here. We're going to now do the best 2022 signing. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to kick us off here. I don't have a full list of the 2022 signings. There's I don't been a either. Lot. I just made sure the one that I had was signed this year. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to kick us off here. Drum roll, please. The best 2022 signing. Tony Storm. I think for all the reasons we were talking about earlier for why she's one of our women's wrestlers of the year. Tony Storm came in March at the end of March. took over. She, She has made such an impact on the women's division. Her title run, she was she was like the Iron Man each week, man. I, I mentioned it earlier, like that 10-week period where she wrestled literally every week. And you name it, she came in and she has been such a success as a signing. And I think she's elevated her career to another level. I, I just think if if we're going to call it a blue chip prospect right now, like a blue, blue chipper. chip signing. A little bit of, a bit of a blue chipper, bud. Yeah. Dude, I those think, fucking hip attacks this year. Dude. She, oh, my God. Dark, exactly. You name it on dark. I think in terms of just bringing someone in as a signing and what they've done this year, I think Tony Storm has been the best 2022 signing. I know I know you're not going to disagree with that because she's your wrestler of the year. So, you know, it's like, of course, she's been a fantastic signing. But that being said, do you have a different wrestler of the year? Here we go. Draw. Or not wrestler of the year. Best 2022 signing. Right. Yours is. Whose house? Swerve's house. Yeah, it's Swerve Strickland. Um, Actually, very. you want to hear something crazy? I live edited this like 30 seconds ago. I had somebody else and I changed it. Um, That's not even a joke. I literally went back to Swerve. You got to give a wink. Who did you have? Oh, it was. was, I had Takeshita. I was going to double award him. But I was like, you know what? I want. I'll. He's. He, he, he didn't do enough, you know. And then that's kind of my rules. Like, did he do enough? I mean, he was there. It was really fun. I really liked him. But Swerve Strickland won the tag team championship this year. He formed probably one of the most fun tag teams we've had in a while. That story is still playing out as we speak. Swerve is one of my favorite wrestlers that they had that they could have chosen from out there. 
I remember when they did the stuff at Defy Forever. You know, I was really excited because they like hinted at signing Swerve as well, and I was like, okay, we'll see where that yeah. goes. You know, because he was one of my favorites from that NXT Breakout tournament that I always like to go back and reference on this show, even though we're not a WWE show. Um, but Swerve Strickland to me best addition that we got you could also put keith lee in this category i agree with the tony storm pick as well yeah um if we broke it down into men and zim <laughs> separately i would have tony storm as mine um, and i would have swerve as mine if, so, so yeah agree we're on the same page there both fantastic years and both have been such fantastic signings and what they've brought to the company right and swerve is developing this heel character lately that's just fantastic i mean it's Hell so yeah. good <clears throat> shout so, outs to athena for really coming in strong at the end of the year as well yes athena a good shout out there well done um okay so those were our best 2022 signings so i think let's hit our uh let's hit our breakout star huh so you'll be kicking us off here so garrett your break up breakout star of 2022 is Sword sound. Wheeler Yuta. Ooh, okay. I like it. So yeah, our pillar, our boy, the guy that we've been supporting all year long, had probably one of the best years of anybody this year in AEW. Uh, multi-time oh my God, pure especially champion. if you take his stock from like January to now. Dude. And probably one of the, probably part of the most popular faction besides the JAS and AEW right now. Um, not even a question, actually. That's pretty, pretty much definitive, but um and one of the key members of it and people will sit there and be like well this didn't elevate wheeler you as a star well then you're not paying the fuck attention because this guy was nothing <laughs> yeah, no. eight months ago like you know like and now he's one of the biggest stars in the company like so you know like yeah no not everyone's gonna know the guy's name and they don't sell as many t-shirts as they maybe you know mjf but um if mjf says that he's been wrestling you for years and he knows you're one of the best wrestlers in the world he's right he doesn't just say that yes he's gonna elevate his opponent he's not gonna elevate a guy he doesn't believe is actually worth elevating you know like that's not what mjf does i'm watching mjf shit on people like what he did with this feud with brian cage you know like so yeah um and that's again that's not a knock on brian cage he just didn't see him as enough of a, of a star to do anything with so Wheeler Yuta to me had a really really great year and i'm really excited to see what he does in the next year i think he could be I think watch Wheeler Yuta next year and see what this guy does. Well-deserving of the them. award. Um, you know, I'm not going to disagree. I mean, hey, he, to me, the match, the Rampage match of the year was Mark the coming out story for him. I mean, that was the star-making performance. However, this award is not unanimous. Here we go. Drum roll, please. My 2022 breakout star is Kanosuke Takeshita. I... He had that four month, and I originally put this before he was coming back. So it's even fitting now that he's returned and he's getting the reactions that he is. Kanosuke came onto the scene. I'm going to pull up the exact date here, but I want to say June. He came onto the scene that he was doing his four month excursion. He didn't cut a single promo. He didn't, all he did was go out there and wrestle. And by going out there and wrestling fantastic matches week after week, it was April 25th, 2022, when he returned, defeating Brandon Cutler. And he went out there wrestling, not saying a word, and he got over. To a point where he got the ROH title match against Claudio on that rampage, like you mentioned, as your rampage match of the year. And it was just fantastic. He came to AEW in a four-month stand, and he he became such a big star 
to a point where November 19th, it was announced that Takeshita had signed with the company after his match with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. So he, he is still signed at uh, DDT and he signed with AEW. He has now made his dream come true of wrestling in America. I mean, he's one of our guys. So what a year for him. And he truly became a star this year, just like Wheeler Yuta. So congrats let to me them. Just, let me just count this up. So he, that, I think that's like like two or three awards he picked up this year. And he's had like less than six months in the company. I think we discussed this. I think the breakout star award next year is just going to be called the Takeshita. I think that's what we have to do. I, I, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm really okay the with Takeshita that. The Takeshita award. I mean, it, we got to idolize, idolize. We got to immortalize this guy somehow. He, he had such... That's gonna. That's gotta. I, I, people won't recognize it, but it's got to go down in history as one of those incredible wrestling moments you just can't explain. That just happened, you know. And and we, the Hangman Adam Page match. I mean, dude. Oh my God. You, there's so many moments up with this guy, and the fact that he's back and he's getting scouted by Don Callis. Are we gonna see a run with him and Kenny in 2023? I mean, who knows? Either way, I'm beyond excited. Our breakout stars of the year: Wheeler Yuta and Kenosuke Takeshita. Just recapping our last couple, our best 2022 signings, Tony Storm and Swerve Scott. Wow, I fucked that up. Swerve Strickland, I'm sorry. And then um, pay-per-views of the year, Full Geared, Forbidden Door, and the unanimous feud of the year, the JAS for the B- versus the BCC. So, that being said, right. we have our favorite promo, our favorite storyline, our favorite moment. The most underrated and our favorite independent uh, wrestler. Which one should we go with next? What are you thinking? Um, well, we should definitely do most underrated last because okay. I actually forgot to write down. I know who it is. I just forgot to write it down. So um, let me just make sure I had that. Because I, I, So what I did was I had two versions of this. And I had to make sure that I had all the right awards, everybody. Just a little peek behind the scenes. And so I have it all written down. I just didn't write that one down the other night. I have everything else. but that one. Hey, all good. All good. So let's... Uh, this will be a me kicking us off here. Let's go into our favorite promo of the year. Okay? okay. So I'm kicking us off here. Drum roll, please. Christian Cage, your father is dead. Promo Jesus at Christ. Jungle Boy. Um, holy shit. This How could promo. you award that? Absolute. I have to that son of a bitch. I know. How could he? How could he go? There? He hit him. This promo that was that's the hook of it, right? But this promo, no hooks a wrestler. MJF was gone. Christian Cage walked in and he just got some fucking nasty heat. And I it resonated well with me, man. I thought it was just fantastic. Here's the thing, Jungle Boy. I never wanted to be your father. I never wanted to be a father figure. You have a father, but your father is dead. And that's probably God a good damn. thing, Jungle Boy, because he would be embarrassed and ashamed to see how you turned out. He would be ashamed to see you curled up like a ball on my feet, refusing to get up and fight back. I just... Heel Christian Cage while MJF was gone was fantastic. This promo, it made its waves. Um, I, I read that off of fucking E.T. Canada. I mean, if you want an idea of how far this just made its waves. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But... This was one of those feuds that I, I really liked this year. You know, I can see some people say this is their feud of the year, it, but we didn't get the full conclusion yet. So, but it's been a really good storyline. It's been a really fun feud. But Christian Cage getting an award, I, I didn't think that would be the case. But you know what? It's the one that's resonated the most with me. Um, 
there are some honorable mentions I'll mention if yours isn't one of these. So I'm going to hold those in the back pocket for a second while we get to yours. But uh, I mean, Garrett, this is a memorable promo, you know, well, uh, do you, Christian Cage, your father is dead. Is that a, is that a good hook line and sinker there? <laughs> uh, again, hook is a wrestler, but anyway, um, <laughs> God damn it. but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So I really good. I really, I, I did sound like I didn't, I was going to disagree or something. No, it was really good. Um, I, I don't know. Something about that promo. I was just like, it was so know, fucking was, vindictive and evil. Yeah. Like I, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It, I agree with you when you said hundred percent, like we had that void of MJF being gone and Christian right? Cage went back to his old ways. And, uh, yeah. So apparently, if you look at old photo, or old photo, if you look at old photos of him, he looks the same. But if you look at old uh, promos, that's how he used to cut promos back when he was a single star. So I mean, you know, okay, goddamn Christian. Because if you go back, it, not when he was in the WWE so much. I mean, he would cut heelish promos there, but obviously it's a little more, you know, tame because of the era when he did era when he did his singles run as champion in WWE. But if you look at some of the stuff from when he was Christian Cage in Impact, this is very much in line with that. So um yeah i I, really good stuff Um, it is is really good stuff so that being said yeah speaking of really good stuff speaking of really good stuff you're up your promo of the year drum roll please gonna surprise nobody um i've been talking about this guy's promos all year they are the most interesting to me on the roster uh, even though he's not the best promo on the roster by far um, I imagine this award's going to probably go to Eddie in the next couple of years, but it's fitting that the first one that we give out for me at least goes to one of his really close, if not his closest friend on the roster, which is John Moxley, who wants the ball. I, I knew it. Yes, dude. I almost put that. I'm not kidding. So interestingly enough, you want to hear something crazy? So I don't know exactly when this promo happened. I was trying to find that information. It was, it was in the last It was the three week months. after CM Punk and, and the thing happened. Okay, so like the last three or four months, something like that. I will say this: from yeah, if you can get me the exact date, so from January twentieth until that day, I had John Moxley's return promo as the as the exact one. Oh, um, what a fantastic promo! Which if September seventh, twenty twenty two. It was that episode. So, so from January twentieth to September to, to into that in September. Think about how long that was that I had one John Moxley promo and it didn't get usurped by any other promo that anybody cut all the MJF stuff, everything. Nothing got close to the Moxley promo until John Moxley cut another promo. If that doesn't tell you where I was at this year when it comes to promos, I don't know. But this was just an incredible promo. I talked about throughout the entirety of this awards show. There were different moments throughout this year because of how hard it was on the roster. People would complain about how big the roster was, and then half of it got hurt, and suddenly we still had a roster. It was amazing how that worked. It's almost like Tony Khan knew I, the wrestlers getting and And all the stories that week – sorry to cut you off. All the stories go that ahead. week about John, you know, he was supposed to just go on vacation. Yep. And all this bullshit's going down. We just had two of our biggest stars suspended. We had and, and the, the young bucks and everything. It's like, dude, he wanted the world championship. Everything went to shit. And John Moxley was in his, was to steal a phrase from the walking dead in a storm of shit and decided, you know what? We had to bite down on this shit sandwich because there's nothing else here to eat. And we got to fucking keep things going, you know? Yep. So I don't know where the hell that line came from, <laughs> you know, but whatever, you know, like, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it absolutely, you know, one of the best promos probably ever, but like definitely one of the best promos of this year. That's what the controversial is going to come from. Oh, he's one of the best promos ever, but it was John Moxley is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Definitely one of the best promos. People will say that John Moxley isn't like the level of star that he it should be accredited to. I, I, I see Cornette shit on him a lot, you know, and I'm just like, this guy is what wrestling used to be. Yes, he does like some things that some people that are into older styles of wrestling or especially the territorial style of wrestling aren't going to be into. And I will always understand that. But I will never understand people that look at a talented wrestler like John Moxley, your wrestler of the year for 2022, and say that he's not that. I will never understand that. And promos like this and and like the one when he returned, there are reasons why he's wrestler of the year too. I mean, shit like that, man. He's just incredible. Um, I, I it, like I lead it up to there. I was going to say honorable mentions. If you didn't get to it, this was one of them. Uh, this was such an unbelievable promo. This was at one point my favorite. I did have it on the list. Uh, it simply put, I just had John Moxley on with the ball, and I knew we'd both remember uh, what that was. Honorable mention: Ricky Starks promo last week. Literally Ricky Starks promo last week, and last honorable mention here. And you're gonna you're gonna agree with me here. Okay, your wrestler of the year, Dax Harwood. You cut a yep. promo. I want to. We're gonna go out there and fight like an eight-year-old girl. That's one of the best. It was absolutely incredible. It was talking about. I want to say his match going against the Briscoes, Mm -hmm. and you know this. He was talking about how she she went out and beat cancer, and they this it. When I say I want to fight like an eight-year-old girl, when I say that, everyone's like immediately like, oh, I I remember that. It was fantastic. Absolutely, and it was just the way he cut it. It felt like. It's because, like I said earlier, when I talked about Dax for like three awards for like twenty minutes, is because everything that they do isn't a story. It's not a. Uh, you're, they're not telling you a story. They're just. It's it's real. Yeah, they're not fighting. It's real. Story, it, but- it absolutely, dude. And that's that's what that promo felt like. And it it was fantastic. So we had to get those honorable mentions out there. You know what I mean? That. I, I couldn't help but talk about that Dax one once, just in case it wasn't one of our favorites. And not to shit on AEW, but the promos were – they can be all over the place. But there were some really good ones this year. So there were. So it's worth talking about. Um, you know, MJF and, and, and Regal had some great ones here. Uh, there were some really good the, ones. The, the CM Punk versus MJF from with the CM Punk versus uh, Eddie Kingston back and forth. That was like 10 minutes. That was, was incredible. Bloody fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, G- great stuff. Even I mean nom 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 A Steel and CM Punk that promo it, yeah, that fuck was that. fucking nah, brilliant. Fuck that guy, he yeah, fuck that me. guy. But that promo when Ace he fired up CM Punk, Steel. I remember coming on this podcast talking about, oh my god, I've never been more fired up for a fucking rematch in my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that being said, more favorites, right? Okay, favorite moment. You're kicking us off here. Your favorite moment in AEW in 2022. Drum roll, please. Um, this is gonna surprise nobody. The acclaimed win the tag team championships. Yep. It's unanimous, motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah, this is a unanimous one. The acclaimed winning the tag team championships at Dynamite Grand Slam. So uh yeah. Take it. What made yeah, this no, I mean, I, I could talk about this for like an hour. You know, like these are the, yeah. these are two guys that when we first started the show, we were like really into, but we were like, uh, I don't know. I don't think everyone's the whole crowd wasn't really into it. They were we still loved the kind intro of and we loved we loved what they yeah. were about. And we were like, all right, Max Caster, you know, if they let him loose a little bit, you know, we could see some fun stuff. And we were we kind of like the when we first saw them, we were like, oh, this kind of reminds me of 
you know, like the, what Billy Gunn used to do, because like, it's like one guy that talks really well. And one guy that, that, you know, that can wrestle really well, you know, Bowens being the wrestler. And, but then actually you find out they're actually both pretty solid wrestlers. And you find out the backstory of the team is that Tony Khan just like, kind of like how Dax and, you know, um, and uh, Cash got put together in NXT. Kind of found these two guys that were doing these separate things and they weren't, weren't really doing anything on their own, but he put them together and they found out they had this really cool idea for a gimmick, you know, and it really worked out. And to watch them go on this journey across the course of this year where they went from being on dark most of the time, but not really being on TV that much. And there's a clip, a really famous clip. And now it's a joke, obviously, but they, joke, they were being probably a little serious when they were like, Tony Khan, why aren't you booking us on TV in the middle of a backstage? You know, have you seen that clip on, on uh, YouTube, Charlie? Where it's I, I like, so, yes. Where the acclaimed are like rapping at Tony Khan. Obviously, it's kayfabe, but, you know, and then he sends out like Dante and um, and Matt Slidell or something. It's a really cool moment for the crowd. You know, like people are always like, oh, Tony Khan's on TV too much. But like, he really isn't, you know, like, no, yeah, I don't know where they get that like, idea from. He's literally never on there, but people will still say that every time he comes on. You know, they always just try to take a spotlight away, you know, but whatever. Fuck those people. Um, you know, the uh, and there's that moment. So that we would talk about that for months, man. Like, oh, man, these guys should really be used. It really sucks that they don't get it. Like every time it felt like they always got um, like them and private party both always were like the first couple of contenders for the titles, but they just never won them, you know? Um, and we yeah, can never it, figure it, out specifically why. when the Lucha Brothers won it, they threw a claim to, against them on a rampage, and we're like, "Yeah, oh, absolutely." No shot and we were like, "Oh, this match makes sense, but I don't think they should win it." And I'm that glad was they're getting the attitude. match, but they're not going to win it. But it, yeah, it's it's just like it was. It's and we how knew far and it was go. like that for months and for months and for months, and to watch it finally build up and then finally get the crowd behind them, and then the pairing with Billy Gunn, which nobody could have seen coming as being something that was going to happen. <laughs> they, when they, talk, they don't even the call him Billy Gunn anymore. He's daddy ass. He's daddy ass now. That's how much things have changed. When they started that, there was just them joining up with the guns because I think they needed a feud with somebody that was a big faction. Yep. So, and they were trying to sort of, it felt like they were trying to turn, and they did successfully for a while, turn the guns baby face, which was kind of incredible because oh, the they guns did. before that were kind of, they were heels, but they weren't really getting a reaction, period. You know, they were just like In kind the of going ass out there. boys. Yeah, like that was the whole thing, and they were trying to get away from that. But then they just leaned into it, and Billy Gunn becoming daddy ass, and uh, I'll let you speak on this a little bit too because you had it as well. But like, yep. god damn, just what a great build and what a amazing payoff. Yeah, they missed the mark by a couple of weeks, but fuck you, this was still awesome. This is the definition of a favorite moment. Um, I I just when they won this, it was such a good moment. It was such a feel good moment. And wrestling's all about feeling good, man. We don't want to be fucking Batman versus Superman here. You don't want to have an entire movie where you're fucking down in the dumps. Wrestling's not about that. It can be a good movie. But if you're down in the dumps the whole time, it doesn't feel that good. Was this a, could this have, could I have been fine if Swerve uh, WWE one? main roster two years ago is Justice League? Yeah, I, I, and I could have been fine with this if if they won. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing, man. This just this was such a feel good moment, and it having it be two homegrown guys like this that you know we 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 love these guys. Impact and, and Suicide Squad. Yeah, <laughs> we love these guys. And Max Caster, they've been getting better in the ring he, every time, and it's just. They really deserve it, and I couldn't be more happy for them in that moment. So, by far, favorite moment, and like I said, you, you well done. You covered pretty much all my thoughts on that too. So, let's uh, let's jump into our favorite storyline, and we're not actually going anywhere. No, we're, yeah. we're yeah, no, we're not going anywhere. Is this another <laughs> unanimous? Hold on yes. here, and no, we're Trump, staying here. Please, favorite storylines: the acclaimed and daddy ass. 
Is that is oh, that is that uh, yours oh, too? Okay, actually, no, it's not. It's not unanimous. Well, it's the same people. Okay, so okay. Here's, I, I had a claim for Swerve in our glory. Yeah, that, that's fair. But to me, I just put the acclaimed and daddy ass as a whole. Um, let's so, just say the acclaimed at their entire run this year is basically the favorite story because it, it's, it's all one story. Like, Agreed. Real, Whether you know? it was with them and the ass boys and kind of the formation of them and daddy ass, and then the acclaimed and daddy ass, you know, facing off with Swerve in our glory, and you know, I mean, he would fucking he went lobster mode. If Swerve fucking chopped his hands off, I mean, <laughs> he would full Joker. No, but yeah, we're on the same page here. This it's is weird. Favorite. How could somebody win the same award? They both win the award. They claim to win it twice, but they win it for separate matches. I don't know how that works. We'll just call that the acclaimed win it. That's weird. We'll have to work that out. Maybe maybe for something like favorite storyline, we need to we need to work on that as like a, a group like a together. Yeah, for, because- for me, it's the storyline of the acclaimed and daddy ass all year. It's hmm. it's and when they made that formation yeah, with okay. the ass boys and then what they've done since. So yours is falling into the same category. You're you were just picking something a little more specific. Yeah, it's it's the acclaim. I think basically the point we're making with these two awards is that we really liked everything the acclaim did this year. So there you go. For what it's worth, <laughs> my favorite storyline. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I I went between a couple at one point this year. One of mine I was choosing was Orange Cassidy and Mark Henry. Every time it's a Rampage main event, uh, that <laughs> was one for that was one for a little bit. And it, it almost it had another good one this year or this past week. Uh, that that was one I was going towards. Um, yeah, you name it, man. There, there's been a lot of fun stuff, but I, I just I couldn't help but pick the acclaimed here. And it you feel yeah. the same way. I mean, the formation with with them and Daddy Ass has just it's been such a success. And I mean. Shout out Billy Gunn. I mean, who would have thought, right? He would be one of the hottest acts in wrestling in 2022. I'm going to make the argument that Swerve in Our Glory was essential to the the fully getting over of Daddy. Oh, they were. 1,000%. So I think we're we're talking about the same things here. Yep. Yeah, agreed. All right. So another unanimous award. And both happen to be with the acclaimed. I think that shows shows how much we just like them, too. You know? So, okay. Our last two awards correct most underrated and yes. favorite independent wrestlers so we're gonna save most underrated for last okay so garrett take us away here drum roll please your favorite independent wrestler in 2022 is tony deppen i i don't have a lot of uh matches written down or anything like that because like i didn't follow everything deppen did but everything i saw deppen do outside of AEW this year because i didn't see him do a whole lot in AEW, unfortunately because they didn't use him that much but, you know whatever or ring of honor but um he actually was in a ring of honor uh six-man tag match earlier this year um i i had that pulled up earlier but i couldn't remember who it was against uh, but on one of the pay-per-views i want to say he was on a ring of honor yeah he was, he was teamed up with alex zane and uh and blake christian all hurt oh yeah that, that was a really cool team and the, like, all three of those guys should be signed to AEW. just saying but anyway um yeah, I mean, um, Alex, he had also had a match with Alex Zane in GCW that I really liked, I want to say. Um, there was also some matches in GCW against the likes of John Moxley. I'm not actually pulling this up. I actually looked at all this earlier because I wanted to do some research for this. Um, but because this is actually the one where I kind of have to a little bit because you have to reach out beyond. Um, if actually, if Kanosuke had had more matches earlier in the year in America, like if he had stuck it out like in the independence instead of like, it seems like he turned to focus on AEW, which was the right move, but you know. If he had done more in the independence <clears throat> during his excursion, and he did a lot, but if he had done even more, it might have been him. Um, but he ended up being a signing anyway. So, eh. but Tony Khan, or Tony Khan, Tony Khan, 
Tony Khan's definitely signed to AEW, but Tony Deppin is technically signed to Ring of Honor right now. So take that as you will. Um, but a lot of people, I think, technically still are. Like, I, I wonder how many people are just waiting out their contracts, you know, and maybe they just aren't getting paid. I, you know, I don't know how that works, you know, because there's no re- weekly Ring of Honor right now. So Yeah. But Tony Deppin, really fun guy, really good year for him. Um, I had Mike Bailey as this for most of the year, and uh, Tony Deppin just managed. I was, I didn't end up watching as many Bailey matches as I thought I would, you know. Um, yeah, no, and, that's uh, fair. And, and Tony Deppin, someone I I can't wait to see more of in twenty twenty three, and and we'll, I guarantee we're going to see him on AEW TV at some point soon. You know, he he is a fucking he's such a good wrestler. And, I think Bailey would have won it if I had like heard about more about his run because he won a championship this year in Impact and it didn't really go anywhere. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, so. Uh, my favorite independent wrestler of 2022. We're going over to Japan. We're going to stardom. Julia is my favorite independent wrestler of 2022. Um, 20, this is the year I became introduced to her. I, I was unfamiliar with her before this. And it was the five-star stardom Grand Prix tournament, which is where I first became introduced to her. And I have been, I've been following her ever since. I mean, whether it's little pictures of, uh, one of the Twitter pages we follow, I am blanking on the name, the dark one, but what is it? Dark, dark, pure dark, or something. Yeah. Dark, pure, pure, super, uh, pro. They're always explosion. posting little, little gifts of Julia, little images. And it's made me check out her matches. Uh, the new Japan pro wrestling stardom historic X over. She teamed with Zack Sabre jr. Against Siri and Tom, uh, Tom Lawler thought that was fantastic. And yeah, this is, uh, we're going over to stardom and, I think she's only getting uh, bigger as a wrestler. And one of the, one of the matches I really liked that she had was against someone that we talked about, which was starlight kid. And I thought that was starlight fantastic. Kid managed to make it into like three episodes of our podcast somehow this year. Don't yeah, ask me that, how, but that was during that five-star grand P tournament. And yeah, she, she won it over, uh, uh, Tam Nakano. And yeah, I, I think the, it's she's gonna have a big 2023 i wouldn't be surprised if she's one of the people that uh sasha banks wrestles that, women's wrestling feels like it's on the rise you got like wow still doing stuff it, over it does, there what's going on with wow but like they were supposed to be doing something a while back they signed aj lee you know which obviously is a good idea like a while back i don't know if that ever went anywhere but it may, it may you know they have stardom obviously you have various other promotions in the women's wrestling world that are on the rise so i'm i it, I, I think it opens up opportunities for some of the women in AEW to get experience i would imagine sky blue goes on a like the excursion to like oh my god Tokyo joshi pro or something like the things that that could do for her career in the long run would just be incredible so yeah our favorite independent wrestlers tony deppin and julia so really like that and two very different ones right so that's what it's all about here apparently i'm just like sexist because i didn't give like any of my awards to women this year for some reason (laughs) god damn it i'm just looking at that now and i'm like damn i really should have given out more awards to women but i just like you know it didn't happen I guess hey, oh, hey, all right. it's it's all good, man. It, that's that's the best part about it. so most underrated. Okay, I'm taking us home here. Huh? I'm leading us off on our last award. Most underrated. Okay, uh, drum roll, please. I'm scared to say it. Okay, Sammy Guevara is the Sammy most underrated Guevara. wrestler in AEW. Um, okay, and he has proven my point the last like three months. You could even say this week. Uh, is he truly underrated? Though? Yes, I'm he not, is because he it. doesn't get the respect he deserves. And that's why, to me, he's most underrated. I'm not, I'll be the first to tell you. He had a rough year. 
at the beginning. No, not at the beginning. <laughs> in the spring. The beginning, he came out, had the fucking Cody Rhodes match. This is going to sound like a repeat if you just listen to our most recent podcast. So I kind of went down yeah, this tangent. Literally. But I'm going to say it again in case you haven't. At the beginning of the year, the Cody Rhodes match, and he had the TNT title. And you and I both agreed our favorite TNT title run of the year was Sammy Guevara. The first one specifically. He went out there was having great matches week after week. He jumps into this Scorpio Sky feud. It becomes a mess. You know, he has some personal stuff go on. Then they pretty much bring his uh, relationship on screen. And it didn't get good. It did not get a good crowd reaction at first. It got go away. Genuine go away heat. (laughs) People were like, I hate you for the same reasons I hated Justin Bieber. Literally. And that happens. He goes off. And oh my God, I, I was still, I'm always thinking in the back of my head. I'm like, dude, this guy can go, man. He's, he's, he's such a good fucking wrestler. Just, we got to give him the chance. Brian Danielson. Thank the Lords for Brian Danielson. Multiple matches with Danielson. They're all fantastic. Matches with Darby Allen. They're good. Uh, this most recent one this week, John Moxley again, but yet people still, and this is, it's, it's so convenient. It's so funny. We were just talking about this. So many people still just think this guy's trash. I mean, they they think he's no good at wrestling. He gets a little bit of the Austin Theory syndrome, which always drove me nuts. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, he's the Austin Theory. He's kind of Austin Theory, though. The Austin Theory character, I was like, hey, it was never good. People would immediately go to saying, oh, this guy's dog shit. He's not even a good wrestler. He's this, that, this, that. Like, no, no, he's diet Austin Theory. Come on. Austin Theory is, was a, is a fantastic wrestler, and Sammy Guevara is a fantastic wrestler, and to me, he gets most underrated because there are still such a fucking wide popular people, like wide, wide variety of this fan base that just don't like him in ring and they don't even give him the chance. And I, I, to me, he's proven time and time again, especially at the back end of this year and at the beginning, even me who's giving him this award is not going to deny what happened with the Scorpio Sky feud. He has proven absolute disaster, but that wasn't his fault. I don't it think. wasn't. And you know what? He's my most underrated this year. Just because I think he's had overall a really good year. I, I think God, you know if you really wanted to be magnanimous, you'd give Scorpio the most underrated for literally just like being like probably done with the company now and just refusing <laughs> to come back. Like I don't blame him. He, though, he like, could win. Clearly. It. He's one of the guys that could win it. And I got some honorable mentions for this. I'm going to save for when you give yours here, just in case. But Sammy Guevara, my most underrated wrestler of the year. So Garrett, take us home with our final award. Your most underrated wrestler. May W in 2022 is underrated over it. It's Kip Sabian. Okay. I like it. Um, yeah, I really wish they had brought him back sooner. That's the definition of underrated dude. This guy was, was sitting in the crowd for months and I had no idea. Cause they didn't tell me it was, it wasn't until pack. Yeah. Really? I had no fucking clue he was there for the entire time. I don't think anybody knew. Probably just thought he was some weird dude in the crowd. And it's like, oh, okay. And then apparently when they people knew about this, though, and they plant. were following it, and there was an active storyline all year, apparently. And I was just not aware of it, which I guess makes me just unobservant and not aware. But he was back all year, and they just didn't use him. That is the definition of not being rated properly by the people in charge, Like, which is not necessarily the definition of the award, but that's kind of like one of the ways you can look at it. And like he's just clearly like, when I thought underrated, that's where I went. I was like, who's not really being no, used dude, by, by Tony Khan right now? He's you know? a well-deserved winner of that. 
Um, I will throw an honorable mention before you go into yours, which is fucking Miro, obviously. That, that was going to be mine. Yep. Okay. So we're, we're in agreement here. Okay. And then um, maybe also – you could say Wheeler because Wheeler, despite being a big star, I mean, still doesn't really he's, – he's pure title. I mean, he's worth at least getting a TNT or something title shot. You know, like I don't know. Like, um, But you would have thought he would have at least gotten one like because all these people get random – like random people off – that would be – compared to Wheeler would be jobbers, you know, like um, if you compare the records, you know, like – which those don't matter. But if you compare like how they've been treated in the company, that's a good way that you can look at the records. If you want to keep them going forward is who gets the most wins in a way that would, you would think would be being treated. Well, I, yeah, yeah. really interesting stuff though, from, from both of our picks. I, I really, I, I mean, think it's like a late of the year. I wish Kip had gotten more time because people would probably agree with this more, but that kind of strengthens my argument a little bit, you know, I think they're both deserving of it. And Miro's a great honorable mention. I'm going to toss another one out there. I'm going to toss a tag team. Because they've had a, a pretty brutal year, and that's a uh, private party. Yeah, those, I those, would one hundred percent agree. Those guys are Matt severely Hardy underrated. Too, Matt Hardy got fucking shafted by his brother. Let's be honest, you know, like he did. He if we're uh, we don't do bad awards, but if we were talking like most disastrous thing, I mean that was one of them. They were set up for a prime storyline, and they got shit on. Yeah, so. Jeff Hardy got saved by the Elite versus CM Punk drama because that ended up being the most like ridiculous thing all year. But yeah. like, if it hadn't been, he would have been looked at a lot differently, probably. You know, because it was it was a fucking nightmare when it all happened. But yeah, uh, all in all, man, really fun awards. Now, think this- about that. Jeff Hardy may have single handedly derailed two young wrestlers' careers in, in private party. That's really unfortunate. It destroyed Ooh. their heel turn too. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, but man, now they're back gonna- with oh. Matt Hardy. Yeah, I'm face, hoping- face private party will be fun. We'll get that for a little while, and maybe they'll turn on Matt, you know, eventually, and it'll be fun. Well, the good oh thing my is God, inv- is that private party? They're involved in an active storyline, so I, mean, I guess that's the hope for our most underrated, right? Like, let's hope next year they can only improve it to a point where we're not saying they're underrated. They're stars. They're certified stars, and everyone sees them as stars. Like a for say G's and bona fide someone. Says. I mean, you're, we're not going to go. We could have gone into 2021 saying most underrated is the acclaimed. And then look at them this year. I think that would be fair, actually, you know? to be honest with so, you. That's what we would have said. If we had done those awards last year, Acclaimed would have been my most underrated team. Um, well, let's, let's, actually, do you want to – I mean, it would not go through everything, but let's just like – Wrestlers I'll, of the I'll year probably would have been like – The one I had like, off the top of my head for last year would have been promo of the year, and it would have been MJF running down Brian Pillman. I, I still that think That was pretty that good. Shit. I might have had um, something with like uh, – Kenny cut a pretty good promo on Brian Danielson at one point last year. That was pretty good. So, oh yeah, I'd have to really think about some of them. Um, but independent wrestler probably would have been like Swerve or somebody wild. That would have been such a fun year to pick favorite independent wrestler because everybody was unsigned. It was incredible. Um, and now more and more people are getting signed every day to other companies. And who knows? I, I'm who knows will be our best 2023 signing because Action Andretti was our probably our last one of 2022. Could it be Sasha Banks? I mean. Who who knows what the future holds? Um, Sasha Banks shows up on New Year's Smash just so she can't be a 2023 sign. Yeah, right? That, that would be something different. But yeah, man, all in all, that was our award show. This was a fun show. Uh, I'm this. I'm glad it worked out the way it did. We had a few unanimous awards. We had a few that weren't. So I'll be posting um, once. We'll give the show a couple days. But towards the new year, I'll kind of be each day posting like our award winners. Just one each. A little picture with them on the on the. We'll be posting them on the Twitter. It'll be a fun little thing to follow. Just so, yeah, it's something I'm I'm very proud of this, and 
I'm proud of uh, our well, show I am here. too. It's like one of the big, one of the most. Uh, this is probably the most time I've committed to something like this ever. And I'm very proud of it. And yeah, guys, that'll be it for us. So with our special uh, award show only intro and outro, take us home. We'll catch you guys next week for Holiday Bash. Eat, sleep, elite. Catch you guys later.